Good morning and happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to episode 151 of the Quickie Podcast. And I'm especially excited to bring you this episode because I was a massive hockey card collector when I was younger. Now, I'll get into that in just a minute, but before I do, today is Monday. Today is the launch of Print Design Academy founding membership. This is your opportunity to sign in on the ground level of Print Design Academy. You get a smoking deal for the lifetime of your membership discounted rate. You get priority shipping on our quarterly publication and all of the printed tools that we're going to be creating. You also get first access to the campus community and helping shape and build that. It's a wicked opportunity and I want you involved. If you are looking to learn more about print and print design and designing for all kinds of different print, screen print, offset print, digital print, web print, all all kinds of printing. If you're looking to do more and more design there, whether that's to have a better understanding of it to get that dream studio job, or if you're a freelancer wanting to expand your skill set so you can make more income, charge more, offer your clients more services, then Print Design Academy is for you. It doesn't matter if you are still in your design program working your way through it, whether you're a new grad, whether you're an in-house designer actively out there, or a freelance designer. There's something in Print Design Academy for you. Founding membership is only open for a few days and there's very limited seating before it gets shut down and we don't launch again until 2020. And that's, you know, into 2020, not January 1st. I want a small team that can work together to build this thing and so that it's an amazing experience for everybody when we open it up to the public But also when we open it up, it'll be at the higher price point. So if you are interested in that, there's two ways to get involved. Number one, go to printdesignacademy.com. That's your first one. The second one, send me a DM on Instagram. I'll let you know if it's going to be a fit for you and I'll send you the link if it is. That's it. So today's guest, my guest today is Aaron Masick, who is a art director under Masick Creative for Freelance but he's also a senior designer at Upper Deck. That's Upper Deck Hockey Cards. He runs the NHL side of that bad boy. I love Upper Deck. I collected Upper Deck cards as a kid, all kinds of hockey cards. Oh, I just love it. I love it. I have binders full, literally right beside me. I have binders full of hockey cards. During this episode, we talk about how his mom was an artist and he got into skateboarding and that was sort of his first intro to graphic design. He then tells us about where it went from that point. He also tells us a story about how he got let go of the studio that he was working at within his first year right after getting married. What a punch in the gut. He also shares with us his long shot on getting into sports design and the wild story behind that. It involves a whole bunch of 16-hour drives, but in the end, it all worked out for him. I love that story. We also talk about the variety of printed materials and the print design that he puts together at Upper Deck. A huge variety of substrates, even things that are embedded with diamonds. Like, come on, that's pretty damn cool. He also tells us about his time designing the Rampage jerseys while he was with the Spurs and you know what that meant to him to see that out there. We also talk about how to handle that non-designer feedback. You know, they haven't really dealt with designers before, aren't quite sure on how to provide feedback in that, and sometimes that can get a little squirrely. 
Aaron also shares with us the WNBA team project that he was proud to have been a part of and the details of that. I love chatting with Aaron, not only because he comes from Upper Deck and hockey cards and that are close to my heart, but he's such an awesome guy and he's got great stories to share and I love them all. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest today, Aaron Masick. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Aaron, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, man. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm super excited to chat with you and... uh, well, I just want to dive right in. So are you ready to go? Let's go. Let's dive. You're ready for the quickie. I love it. Yeah, um, let's go. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, well, I'm Aaron Masick. I'm senior designer for Upper Deck. I do the vast majority of all Upper Deck NHL trading cards, packaging, and logos and materials for our NHL sets. Um, I'm originally from... Racine, Wisconsin, which is just south of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Previously to joining Upper Deck, I used to be creative manager for a bit at the San Diego Padres. And before that, I was senior designer for a few years down in San Antonio, Texas for Spurs Sports and Entertainment, which is the Spurs and the Rampage. Got it. That's awesome, man. Not uh, not rehearsed at all. No. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, so what's the timeline on all of this? How long have you been at Upper Deck? How long were you with the Padres? Like, what's the timeline on all that? Uh, the timeline for Upper Deck will be four uh, years going this month, later this month. Uh-huh. Uh, prior to that, San Diego Padres, that was just about a year before I actually left the organization to join Upper Deck. Uh-huh. And before that, uh, with Spurs Sports and Entertainment, I was there for roughly five years. Got it. Awesome. Okay. So with that timeline said, I want to dive back even further, Aaron, and I want to get into your childhood here. This is where the counseling session starts and I start, <laughs> start billing for my time. Um, what was your childhood like? Do you feel that you had a creative childhood that sort of pointed you in this career path? Yeah, I think I did. Uh, my mom was an artist herself. She was a painter mm-hmm. uh, and she dabbled with illustration. I guess I just picked it up for my mom. Um, Besides that, um, my babysitter was the TV growing up, and I, <laughs> I sat in front of the TV watching, you know, Transformers, Voltron, Silverhawks. Uh, I mean, that that I run run home from school to watch that stuff. So, He Man, anything like that, the '80s cartoons was basically my babysitter growing up. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you were around creativity with your mom being an artist. And then obviously, like He-Man and Transformers, that's legit. That's like some seriously creative mind expanding shows there. (laughs) Yeah. So then when, what was the moment where you started being introduced to graphic design or you started seeing design? 
uh, it was probably when I got into skateboarding. Um, I was a huge fan of Paul Peralta and the Bones Brigade. <laughs> and when I started skateboarding and I went into the skateboard shop to get my first deck, I seen all their graphics on their boards. And I was just like, man, these graphics are like blowing my mind. These are like the best drawn graphics I've seen. And ever since then, I've been a huge Paul Peralta fan from, you know, VCJ, who was the original artist, and then Sean Cliver who came in later and he made just like all of my favorite decks, the Ray Barbie sock puppet deck, the Frankie Hill bulldog. And those just stuck with me. And then I was just like, man, that's so cool. Like, I wonder how they did it. And it just kind of led me because I was a big an illustrator. I was an illustrator. So, you know, drawing comics, drawing skateboard art was, was my thing. And then I later got into the programs when Photoshop and everything came about my, my actually one of my neighbors, in the in the neighborhood is uh he had the first photoshop the first illustrator and it was like blowing our mind when they first came out like he had a legal version of it or he pirated it like everybody else did he had a legal version his his dad was a dentist so he had all the cool stuff oh that's cool man so that was the intro so anybody that was into skateboarding and that was sort of their intro you know the skate decks and the really cool designs there Mm -hmm. i always want to ask have you had the opportunity to design one or create one of those I've never designed a deck. Uh, it would have been a dream to design a deck growing up, but uh, yeah, I just haven't done it. I mean, personally, I drew like my own kind of graphics for myself, but it just I just never did it for any company. So I'm saying here for that next McDonald's Upper Deck team, that you know that team up, that partnership, <laughs> it should be skateboard decks and not cards. That are yeah, that with those meals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. Yeah. yeah, slightly different price point, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, man. So you touched on some of the designs and the things that were, you know, really influential to you growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to now ask, who were the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow? And what about them do you like? Uh, like right now, it's of course, you know, you had them on your show. It's Dan and his crew at Lincoln Design. Um, mm-hmm. They're just really good at I love all their logos they do. All their branding work is phenomenal. Um, I love Torch Creative. Uh, I follow Fan Brands is another one that I like a lot. Uh, and then just single guys, you know, that are out in the field, like Dan Simon from Studio Simon. He does a lot of the MILB logos and some logos for the AHL. And Joe Bosak is are guys that I follow online. Awesome. And those guys all have Instagram accounts. They're all posting great work there. Oh, yeah. You can find them online. Just I'm sure you just Google their name. And you're going to see all their logos pop up right away. So Awesome. Okay, I'm going to look into those because I haven't heard of a couple of them. So that'll be good to see. Um, I wanted to sort of back up just a little bit because we touched on sort of your your professional design career with you know the business and then the Padres and now off mm-hmm. to Upper Deck. I want to go, what was in between that gap that got you into art school like you fell in love with design and graphics through skateboarding what was the next steps where you really started to pursue graphic design i'm actually out of high school i didn't go right into college right away i was working at an animation studio back in my hometown Uh and i had a neighbor across the street that knew the woman from an animation studio that got me my first job there and I did that job for roughly, I think it was like two years, kind of on and off, part-time, and then a little bit of full-time, and then part-time. And then as the work started depleting from the animation studio, I was looking for like, okay, what am I going to do now? And I was just happened to 
go to the local college in town, find information on graphic design. And I thought, well, um, you know, I love to do art. This just seems like the logical thing to do. Signed up, got into college, just went through, just loving the classes, and mm-hmm. it just got me on my path. So, and I never looked back after that. That's cool. So, would you say that you, or so I guess the way to ask this would be at what point in your design career did you start focusing on sports design? Because it seems like that's sort of the direction that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when I started design, of course, I wasn't in sports. I spent like seven, eight years at a hospital marketing department doing design, but I always loved sports stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was always trying to mimic logos growing, you know, as I was as watching them, I was like, oh, okay, I'm just going to start creating my own logos, just following them along. And then after I had gotten out of the hospital, um, it was funny because I actually left the hospital to go take another job that was a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. That job let me go. Like within a year after I had just gotten married, oh. just started to stabilize herself. Yep. I came back from lunch one day and they were like, guess what? You don't have a job anymore. Ray letting people go. So, and then after that, my wife actually had family in San Antonio and they said, Hey, as you know, you, I've seen your husband's designs. Has you ever tried to send anything to the Spurs? And I was like, well, you know, I don't, I got, no, I don't. You know, I'm not going to just send logos to the Spurs. <laughs> so so uh, I actually came up with a little design package and sent it their way. And the Spurs actually, it took a while. And then they got back to me and they said, um, you know, your work is pretty good, but we don't have a design position open. We do have an e-news position open, which is like that, like before social media. Mm-hmm. And they said, that, you know, it's going to take some design to create the graphics in our emails if you're interested in that. And that kind of just started the ball rolling there. Okay. So you basically put a package together and without knowing anybody there, without sending it, did you send it to a specific person or did you just toss it into the mail to them? (laughs) Yeah. I just actually, I looked up online, like who's the head of the marketing department, who's, you know, the head of design there. And I just, you know, compiled a PDF, sent it over their way. And just didn't hear nothing for weeks. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, they were just like, hey, you know, you are you still looking for a job? And so that's like, yeah. And they were like, well, can we send you a test thing? And they gave me, like, some random, like, graphics to do for, like, a Spurs game night, uh, Spurs promotion. Mm-hmm. And I just tossed some graphics together, sent them that way. That way. And basically, they contacted, it took a while, and they contacted me again, like, months down the line. And it just got the ball rolling. And you know, we were off to San Antonio, so... awesome so that was your sort of like finally i'm into sports design sort of where i wanted to be Mm -hmm. yeah that was that was definitely the jump into sports design and it's kind of been my thing now so awesome so when you got that reply from the spurs team the one that you weren't expecting (laughs) what did that feel like i was just i was blown away i just i couldn't believe that you know just you know, all the people in the world that probably want to work for the Spurs, like they wrote me and want to see me. So actually we had left Wisconsin at that time. We were in Florida for a bit and I actually drove, they were like, can we see you? And I was like, oh yeah, I can come out for an interview. But they, they weren't going to pay for a flight out there. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to jump in the car and drive out there. So we jumped in the car, drove to San Antonio, did my interview they were like, great, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll contact you again. Went back to Florida, 
I think it was like a week or two weeks went by and they were like, Hey, you know, the executive team wants to see you too. Can you come out again? Jumped in the car, <laughs> drove out there again, did the interview, met, met more people. And then it's actually one of funny because the guy I ended up working with who was there named John, he was like, if you do not give Aaron this job after he drove back and forth from Florida twice, they're like, he's like, I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, exactly. You better send him some gas money or <laughs> something. Yeah. He's like, if that's not dedication to his, what he wants to do, then I don't know what is dedication. So that's wild. So you drove out there twice to sort of bring it all together to make it happen. Yeah. For those who are sort of not quite picturing the geography here, what, <laughs> what is that drive? Are we talking a couple hours? Or are we talking a couple days? No, we're talking probably 16 hour drive, back, you know, one way. So yeah, that's, but, a, that's commitment. Yeah. That's I mean, but you know, when you're, you want to be in sports and you get that call and they're saying, come out here to me, it was like, I'm not even second guessing this. I'm getting in the car. I'm driving. I don't care. Let's make this happen. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. And that's where you prepare ahead. You know, you got the iron shirt hanging in the back of the car, <laughs> <laughs> yep. just the road trip clothes on. Love it. Um, all right, Aaron, I want to now chat a little bit about print and print design. And I want to hear how you have utilized that in your design career. Um, any favorite stories around print projects that you could share with us? Uh, well, print design, you know, of course, being in Upper Deck, we print on just about every material known to man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So, um, I mean, we did print work before with the Spurs and with the Padres, but not to the extent of the print work that goes on at upper deck. So we use, you know, we're using a lot of foils. We're using a lot of substrates. We're using a lot of, you know, hollow foils. We're, we're using aluminums. We, I mean, it, it's, it runs the gamut and you, it's actually, you know, I, it, it blows your mind, like how much goes into these cards mm -hmm. and people see the cards. They don't necessarily think of like all the back end work that had to be done for those cars to turn out the way they turned out. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's, I mean, every day we got a new substrate we're doing our, you know, we're just up in the game for our cards. So. All right. And I'm a big fan of upper deck cards and I've collected them, you know, all through childhood, love them, you know, mm -hmm. from when you guys were partnering with um, McDonald's and there was that little like portion of the card that was see-through yep. so <laughs> many, so many different cool things, you know, over the years that upper deck has done. So being there for the last four years, you've mm -hmm. done a ton of print. Uh, yeah, what, massive. Which project, which campaign, which set of cars stands out as the coolest ones you've had the opportunity to do? Um, I would probably say, for me, Black Diamond is a big set for me. Um, they trust me to do Black Diamond every year. Uh -huh. Um it's a huge set. Of course, it's got, you know, the diamond cards in there where we embed actual lab created diamonds into the cards. Wow. And, um, and I re re recently just finished doing the cup for next season. So the cup is going to be, I mean, the cup just came out right now. We're already a, a year ahead of schedule. Uh -huh. So we actually work when, when products come out, I'm actually working on the set for the next season. So it's like right now, artifacts just came out. I'm already working on 2021 artifacts. So, but for me, yeah, Black Diamond's a big set and the cup is huge. I mean, cup is in it like uh, you can just go into the store and buy a box of the cup. This is for your big time collectors that are, are you know, they, they're chasing the, the one of one Gretzky auto 
you know, sign stick. Um, the, the, the cup is, yeah, yeah, it's the biggest set of the year. So that is so cool. <laughs> so having been, able, having done all of this print, both, you know, with the Spurs and more so with upper deck, mm-hmm. does it get old when you produce something and then you finally get to hold it in your hand? Uh, it really doesn't. Um, I'm always, I'm always trying to up the game on our designs and what I do. And so uh, I'm excited every time the product comes out, uh, it looks totally different when I designed it on paper. So when I actually have the physical card in hand and all the, the foils and the acetate and everything comes together, it's just like, you know, it's like, oh, that's that's my baby right there. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So you must have, like, because you're a designer, you've got to collect samples of this stuff. You must have a huge stash of cards. I do. I, I, I have my own stash. Um Sometimes they give me cards to, for my personal collection. Sometimes I just go to the store and buy them myself. So I'm just, and then I'm going, I'm rummaging through eBay to find like the inserts I couldn't get that I designed. I'm like looking at eBay for my inserts, and so <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm a super fan of of just the work in general. So that's so cool. I love hearing that. I love hearing how you know cards are used. That's such a collector thing that you mm-hmm. get to create. What a cool experience. So Aaron, the next couple of questions I have for you are the tough ones. They take you down part of your career where you likely made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those stories out and share those with the listeners. Okay. So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Hmm. The most challenging. I think the most challenging for mine uh, when I was with the Spurs was when I, I was designing the Rampage jerseys. I would design mm-hmm. all their specialty night jerseys. And I would design them and I'd get them done. They would be approved and then we'd send them off to Canada where they'd actually be produced. Mm-hmm. And then I would see the jerseys, you know, a couple months later, they would get them at the Spurs and the guy would call me into the office. Hey, the jerseys came in. Come check them out. Okay go into the thing and I noticed that like they changed my fonts or they oh. changed like, like, like they did their own tweaking in Canada. So it was like things I had set up like custom for, you know, the numbers on the jerseys or I did custom, you know, a font for the jerseys and they ended up switching and just putting something generic. And I was just like, you know, where's the, where's the communication loss here? Like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, we had this Jersey set in stone and now you got it. And then it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's still cool, but it's a little underwhelming now that they switched the numbers or whatever. So, Oh man. So that's like a, more like a specific project that it sounds like you experienced and went through. Yeah, it was, that, that was definitely a struggle. Uh, it was, it happened more often than not, but, um, I mean, the, the Jersey still came out great. Uh, not the not exactly 100% the way we wanted, but uh, it was something that you live with. Yeah, definitely. So how do you sort of move through that? Or you're Obviously, you're disappointed when that happens in the moment. Um, do you just kind of shrug it off and, and move on? Or is it something that you look at deeper? Yeah, it's just kind of just let it go to the wayside. It's just like, ah, they, you know, it's, it is what it is. Um, try to get it next time or the, and then push on them like, somebody contact them and tell them, you know, you can't, don't switch the the numbering on this or don't, don't mess with the patch or don't recolor this or, but you know, it's just, just something that you deal with, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes. Right. Um, so in terms of career, 
moves, career challenges, and, and maybe you already talked about this, um, you know, being let go of a position when you were freshly married. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of what stands out to be, you know, a challenge, a significant challenge that you had faced in your career, um, you know, in a career move mm-hmm. that you had to overcome? And how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think the uh, the big challenge I get sometimes, I ba- basically from every position that I've had, is when you're designing something and you're trying to be progressive, you're trying to be fresh with it, and then you have people that are non-designers and they're saying, "Oh, well, that's you know, that's the way we always done it here. You know, that's <laughs> that's the way it always should look." And it's just like so frustrating and I know other people that are designers are going to feel the same as I feel like when you have non-designers input into the work and then it's like you're you have something established that's really good everyone you know it's at a point where it's like okay this is fresh this is progressive and then you get personal and that's like oh well you know you have your logo it's red oh I don't like red I like it purple or oh it's like I don't like slant uh, italics fonts. I want it, you know, bold and regular. And mm-hmm. It's just that's the thing that's the most difficult is the non-designer input. Yeah. So how do you <laughs> how do you approach that? Like, is it a situation where the person is just going to get it and understand your explanation of the reasons why you made those decisions, or they're not going to get it? Like, is that where it is? Yeah, I try to just reinforce what I do, and I usually will, if it's like a logo design that they needed, like I'll actually go online and pull like stuff that's similar and be like, well, you know, this, they did it this way and it was successful. Mm -hmm. This is their logos. And I try to baby step them through the, the, you know, the process of why things look the way they do and, and why it should be this way and why we should not, you know, keep adding like more elements to a logo, why it should be simple. Mm-hmm. and clean so it's I mean, it's it's just something that you deal with uh, there's a lot of non-designer input out there but i think if you take your time and you kind of baby step them through it they have a little more of an understanding so do you ever have a client who just you know clearly is not going to understand the reasons why and if you run into that what do you do do you just pass on a project do you cancel a project or do you just, you know, okay, you're the customer, I'll do what you need, and that's it. Yeah, I kind of just bite my lips sometimes, and if it's, uh, you know, a project like that, I'll just, you know, they're, they are the client in the end. Uh, they do have their say, and in, in they're paying for it, and sometimes you just have to let some of them go. You know, I always say, like, you can design, you're always designing, you know, to personally feel good and, and, and do the logo you want or whatever. But mm-hmm. you have to understand that's the client's product. That's their vision also. And sometimes you just have to let it, let it go and, and get to a point where it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to attach myself too much to that logo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to, you know, invest my whole life into this logo. And sometimes you just have to just, just let it be, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right, and we'll last one, and then we'll turn this bus around. We'll end in a happy spot here. Um, what's something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Um, not too much, really. Um, I think for me, it's just, um, I would say, God, let's see. 
Yeah, there's not too much I can think of at the moment. Uh, it's just basically, I would like to do more freelance work. I just, I guess that's what it comes down to is I don't have too much time to do freelance work now. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, you know, projects I do at Upper Deck are very long. Um, they take an absorbent amount of time. I'm doing multiple sets at once. So it's like when I get home, it's usually sometimes the last thing I want to see is a computer and and think about design. So I, would, mm-hmm. I mean, the struggle right now is I would like to do more logos and stuff for people and have that freelance opportunity. But right now it's like my schedule is very tight. So, Mm -hmm. so when you say, you know, you'd love to have more freelance stuff, is that you want to, you want to just make some extra dough or is that because, you know, you want to explore a different part of design that you don't have the opportunity to do? Yeah. I would just like to explore some designs I don't have the opportunity to do, Mm -hmm. whether it be, uh, you know, whatever it could be logos, t-shirt graphics, uh, Jersey designs, any, Anything that's out there, you know, I would love to do it, but sometimes, uh, you know, I just don't have the time to sit down and actually spend the time and focus on it. Yeah, that's the tough part. You know, it's one thing to, you know, go out there and find a client willing to pay you for that time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've heard that it's sometimes easier to find little bits of time to just create something that you want with, you know, your own made up brief mm-hmm. and, and put the work out there and see what comes your way with that. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the best ideas to do is to just self-initiate projects mm-hmm. and then do them to a point where they actually look like actual pro- projects and people are like, hey, you know, what'd you do that for? So Awesome. Love it. Okay, Aaron, let's go to the happy let's go to Happy Town here. Okay. Tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are mm-hmm. the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. It can be from earlier early in your career could be freelance could be at upper deck whatever it is mm-hmm. well i would say uh the, it was it's now defunct but it was the wmba uh san antonio had a team there called the stars okay um they were, were actually rebranding the stars at the time and they had actually reached out to different marketing agencies and other designers and they got work back from you know from all these other different companies. And then the president at the time was like, I'm not feeling any of these, the direction that they're going. Um, Hey, Aaron down in, you know, creative is (laughs) big. He's big on logo designs. He does all of our stuff for our rampage. Uh Let's ask Aaron if he wants to be, you know, wants to be a part of the stars rebrand. So they actually called me up to the office. He said, this is what we're working with. He showed me all the logos. He said, is there anything you can do? We're on a very tight schedule. And I think it was like, I had a, like a month and a half to, cre- to, to to do the entire rebrand for the stars. Wow. He said, we want it to be like the Spurs, but, you know, more, more geared towards women, but also be kind of unisex where, you know, a guy could be like, you know, that's cool. I'm going to wear a shirt. I'm going to wear a hat. So we, I came up with, you know, I'm going to put the Rowell, the Spurs little Rowell into the stars design is like the shooting star element is going to be a shooting Rowell. And I did multiple sketches. I did all different variations, did the Jersey designs, um, showed them all to the president. We went through them meticulously for weeks and made the time crunch and got it done. And, uh, they unveiled it and I was happy. It was like my first official kind of like big logo that I had done big rebrand. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that was probably one of my highlight projects, uh, even though they ended up leaving San Antonio 
and moving to Las Vegas and now the Las Vegas Aces. But uh, at the time, I mean, that was like cloud nine for me. That's so cool. So <laughs> what, what's the time frame on that? When did that happen? Um, I I want to say it was in tw- late 2013, 2014 or so Okay, when that happened. And how long before they moved to Las Vegas? Like, did you at least get some season time with that artwork? Uh, yeah, I did get some season time, went to the games. Uh, actually, one of the players gave me her jersey because they, sh- they knew that I did the logo. Yeah. Um, it was really cool, but then I, it was like right when I had left the Spurs, um, I think it was in that year I had left that they they got that announcement online. It was like, Stars no longer in part of Spurs Sports and Entertainment moving to Las Vegas. I was like, no, my logo. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my first official logo is dead already. So Yeah. <laughs> so through the connections at Upper Deck and putting these together, have you had some pretty cool opportunities to meet players, meet other, you know, team executives and, you know, be involved in the, in some NHL, at, at, you know, meet some of those key players? Uh, I haven't met any players yet. Um, uh, we did have, we do have people that come through the office every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Usually it'll be like a, a rookie that's like really rookie. That's not even like he's playing junior level hockey. So, yeah, we, I mean, we have McDavid under, you know, as one of our spokesmen, never, never had met McDavid yet. I would love for him to come in. I want to challenge him in bubble hockey. Yes. So <laughs> I'm going to tag him in this episode. Connor, <laughs> if you hear that, Aaron's got a bubble hockey challenge for you. Yep. Yep. Come in, come in off our deck and we'll play bubble. Definitely. <laughs> Put some dough on the line though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a few bucks hanging around. <laughs> Um, Aaron, what is one design product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? I would say my tool that I cannot live without is Astute Graphics Vector Scribe. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, you might, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Other designers are probably like, yep. <laughs> like not specifically that tool, but just Astute Graphics and, and a bunch of the stuff that they create. Has been yeah. Made. Yeah. Yeah, so I can't live without VectorScribe. It's awesome for doing logos. It's a it's a time cutter. It's a great resource. It saves you so much time. Um, yeah, they have other products too that are all great. Also, that in their set. Um, yeah, I would I would tell anybody. You know, I highly recommend getting Astute Graphics if you're a designer. Mm-hmm. So, do you do any of your work on the iPad at all, or are you a computer desktop guy? Uh, I do work on the iPad. I'm still a regular sketch and scan guy. I'm mm-hmm. like really old school that way. But um, yeah, I also I work off my iPad. I have actually AstroPad too. So I'm I'm doing kind of like the the fake Wacom, you know, Cintiq thing. Yeah. So, have you been watching any of the Adobe Max stuff going on? I have not. Okay, so but they... I, but I, I've I've heard like there's some things coming that I need to see though. Um, full Photoshop for iPad. <laughs> illustrator on the ipad um and there's so many other things but those are the two that just like jump right out oh a photoshop app for your camera phone nice all kinds of like really cool stuff that launched you know i hadn't i've never been to adobe max next year is going to be my first year nice. um, but seeing the setup there and the amount of people they have in the door it and the way that they run their that they're, you know, they're big presentations and the product launches and those sort of things on the stage. It's very kind of like Apple-esque. Yeah. 
right? Like it's so well done. And the guests that they have on are great from a wide variety of industries, but all focused on creativity and entertainment. And it's super cool. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to be a part of it next year. Um, Well, Aaron, you've reached the point of the show for the ask it forward question, man. Okay. That's where I've got a question for you from my last guest. And you have the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything. So my last guest was Joshua Jacobs. He is the founder and designer at uh, J7 Creative out in San Diego. He wanted to ask because he loves music. He has to have music on while he's working. Could be 7 a.m. It could be 1 a.m. He's got to have something on. So first, it's kind of a two-parter. Do you listen to music while you work? What kind of music do you listen to while you work? And do you switch it up? So, yes, I do listen to music while I work. That's that's definitely a must for me. I don't know what it is, but music gets you creative. Yep. Um, I listen to a lot of alternative. Uh, my favorite bands are Sponge from Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, a lot of people, if they want to go back and know what they did, they, they sang Plowed. Uh, they sang Molly, 16 Candles, if you want to look <laughs> that up. Great band. Um, I also like the band from the UK called Pop Will Eat Itself. Um, I'm not sure if anybody's familiar with them. They're kind of like under, their underground kind of band, but they're really great. You should check them out. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I listen to a lot of alternative, um, and I'll switch it up. So I'll actually just completely go the opposite direction and listen to country, or <laughs> I'll switch it up again, and I'll listen to some rapper R&B. So it's mm-hmm. like, to me, it's like I love all music. doesn't matter. So I, I'm, I have Apple Music, so I'm c- continuously going through it and finding things. And, yeah making my own playlist for work so that's awesome now just tell me just reassure me that you have your 90s hip-hop playlist queued up oh yeah beautiful (laughs) beautiful (laughs) i mean you gotta you gotta you can't go through the day without some wu-tang clan oh a little wu-tang little easy right (laughs) yeah that's awesome so aaron i'm gonna go to you now and what is your ask it forward question so my ask it forward question would be if you could design or lead creative for any one company right now, Ooh. who would it be for? And what would you bring to the table for them? <laughs> He's throwing the mitts around. I like yeah. it. <laughs> what you gonna wanna... what you gonna do for him? Yeah, what you gonna do? That's awesome. So if you could design or lead the creative for any company out there now, yep. who would it be and what would you bring to the table? Yep. Beautiful. Aaron, I love it. Nice. Aaron, that is the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for my being my guest today. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to be on, and uh, you got a lot of guests ahead of me that are great. So, yeah, I'm glad to be part of this. Awesome. All right. All right. That's the end of today's episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, Print Design Academy founding member doors are open right now. They won't be for long. There is very limited seating. So go check it out. www.printdesignacademy.com or just send me a DM on Instagram at the Quickie Podcast. Cheers.